the 20th chapter of Hilchas Malba Valeva, the laws of a lender and borrower. This halacha contains five halachas and continues with the regulations of how and under what conditions people can collect lo- the, the loan for the money which is owed them. Pedek Esri in the 20th chapter, Halacha Aleph. To understand this halacha, we must review a few laws and concepts from the previous Pedek. First of all, if Reuven lends money to Shimon, and Shimon has entered into this agreement, all of the land which Shimon owes, it owns is Meshubat, is subject for Reuven to collect. Should, when the time comes for the loan to be collected, Shimon not have anything with which to pay Reuven? All of the land which Shimon owed at the to- owned at the time of the loan is, it can be claimed by Reuven. And even should Shimon have sold it to someone else, the law is that Reuven can take the land away from them. He can be take the land away. However, this applies only to land which is in the possession of Shimon at the time he borrowed money from Reuven. Land which Shimon purchased after he has been responsible to pay this loan is not Meshubit, since it was not in his possession at the time the agreement was made. However, as we learned previously, it is allowed to write in the document that I will not only subject to you the land which is now in my possession, but any land which I will buy hereafter until the time I pay you back will also be Meshubit to pay you back. This is allowed. And even should Shimon buy this land after he has borrowed money from Reuven, should the stipulation be entered into the document, Reuven can collect from this land as well. Now, Allah Aleph. The Ramam here gives the order when Shimon owes a number of people money, there are many lenders who has the right to collect the loan first. Someone that owes money to many people, whoever's loan came first has the right to collect first. Regardless of whether he's collecting from the borrower himself or from people that bought from the borrower, from the bitayrich as long as he lent the money first, he can collect first. And even more so, let's say someone that lent him money later than the first person should collect his debt first, might seem we can take it away from this later lender. The earlier lender has the previous right. Anyone whose debt came first has the right to all these possessions. Therefore, when the first lender, let's call him Reuven, lent money, by the time the second lender came around, the borrower's belongings were already Meshubah to this Reuven, since he lent the money first. Therefore, even should he grab these belongings, Reuben, the first borrower, can grab them back. However, when this applies, only with land which was owned at the time of the loan. However, land which the borrower purchased after he has already borrowed from many different people, that normally we would say since it was borrowed afterwards they couldn't collect from him at all. However, but he wrote to all of these people, even this which I will buy in the future is also Meshubah to you. You will also be able to collect from this. In such a case, there is no law as far as who comes first. All of them are equal. Whoever collects first has the right to the money. Even though he might be the last one to have left, lent the money, he is, if he collects first, the money belongs to him.
And the reason is that even though the earlier lender lent the money earlier, and, they, and he may lent the money earlier, and therefore his shibut comes first. However, the shibut, which applies for land which he will acquire in the future, as a result of the stipulation in the document, will, will fall on all of the lenders equally. They only be, it only becomes meshubah to them at the moment the borrower buys the land. And at that moment, all of them get the shibut equally. Therefore, all of them have an equal right. And even the later lender can still acquire this land for repayment. Halacha base. In the beginning of this halacha, the Raman continues from where he left off. This that we say in the shtar, that you can collect from anything, even the land, which I buy later on, this is also mashubah to you. And that we said in the previous halacha, that it's mashubah to all of them equally, since it is purchased later, only applies to those balachaybes, those lenders who have, who have lent before the field is actually bought. Halacha base. Love of a cost of life. A person borrowed money and he wrote to the one he borrowed from, Shani Osid Likvis Meshubadloch. Anything which I will buy in the future is Meshubad to you. And later on he bought a field. So this field was Meshubad to repay the person, even though he did not own it at the time of the loan, since he wrote the stipulation of the document. And now he borrowed from somebody else. In the previous halacha, we say that there is no din kadima, there is no law of previous and, and uh, before and after when it comes to this condition that anything I will acquire in the future is mashub. However, does it apply here also? This person has, has entered into the loan agreement and naturally, since the borrower already owns this, this is totally meshubah to him. To the first person, it's only meshubah because of the stipulation. To the second person, it's meshubah 100%. Nevertheless, that since the field was meshubah to the first person, the first buyer, even though it was only as a result of the stipulation, he has the first right to collect. And so too, even if there were a hundred, the first one has the right to collect. Now the Rambam continues. There is no law of Kadima when it comes to movable objects. This idea that the previous Baal Chayef can collect previously, this does not apply to movable objects, only to land. But when it comes to Metaltalim, whoever can collect first gets possession. Even if he have been the last one to lend the money. Let's say, Let's say the one that's grabbing the metaltaline over here was not anyone that lent money. That it was somebody else grabbing it on behalf of one of the lenders. He grabs away some, he grabs away some of these movable objects in order to pay back some of one other lender. That somebody that's a friend of his perhaps has lent him money, and since there's no din kadim in the metaltalin, he would be able to grab it back. But over here, the lender himself is not grabbing it. Someone else is grabbing it for him. In this case, Lezocha, he does not acquire the object. Why? Because we have a principle, Shekola, take this labalchet. As the Gemara says, is the expression of the Gemara. The Rambam explain, uh, says it out more fully that anyone that grabs on behalf of a Baal Chayt, on behalf of a lender, when the borrower has a Chayt to somebody else, like Khan, has no right to purchase it. Only the Baal Chayt himself can grab it away, but no one else can do it for the Baal Chayt.
that applies, however, only if the borrower owns, owes money to someone else. However, if the borrower does not owe money to anyone else, then carnally, then he does acquire it even though he himself did not lend the money. The So too, not only in the case where he has no other debts to anyone else, but even if there were debts to other people, and the borrower told this person who was grabbing on behalf of another lender, he explicitly says that you should merit, have possession of this object to give it back to such and such a person. Also over here, the one that grabbed it has the right to, to, to own it. And none of the other lenders are able to collect from those movable objects, those metaltalings, since someone else has already acquired them. That since that lender who, who appointed someone or someone was grabbing on his behalf has already acquired these objects, no one else is allowed to collect from them. Halacha Gimel. Shtores. Documents. Shazman kulam yem echot. That all of them have the same date on them. Or all of them have not only the same date, but in a place where the custom is to write the time, they all have the same hour. Whoever grabs first, whether it is land or metaltalin, movable objects gains possession. In general, we say that there is no end in metaltalin, but there is with karka. But since all of the documents have the same date, there is no din kadima, and whoever grabs the land first has the right to it. Let's say all of them came at the same time to collect. In other words, this is a case where all of them have, for example, in the previous halacha, where all of them have the same time written in the shtad, and therefore all of them have the same right to collect. And whoever grabs first gets the right to it. But let's say they all come at the same time. What do you do then? And so too when they have many lenders, each one before the other, who are coming to collect from movable objects, which as we previously explained in Allah Habayis, there, there is no law that one person comes before the other. It only applies in, in land and not in metalpoli. Or a third case, that they're all coming to collect from land which the borrower has purchased after he has already borrowed from the last person. In other words, this is land which was not meshubah to any chayv. It was not meshubah to anyone more than the other since he acquired it later. And evidently he wrote in the shtar that they would be able to collect from money, from land which he would acquire in the future, as we mentioned in Halacha Aleph. And therefore there is no din kedima, they all have an equal right to collect from it. And they all come at the same time. And there is not sufficient a sufficient amount of of property or of belongings that everyone should be paid. What do you do? You split it up between them. However, there are different ways of splitting up. How do you split it up? So first the Ramam gives the principle and then he gives an example to explain it clearly. If when you divide up the money equally according to the number of people, that the person with the smallest debt gets paid off completely or less than that, then you divide it up equally among them. If there are five people, you split the amount five different ways, even though one might have a much larger debt than another. 
However, if when you do that, the person that has the smallest loan will end up getting paid more than he's actually owed. In such a case, first you split up all of the money among them, and only enough in order that the person with the smallest debt should get the amount he is owed exactly. Then you'll have money left over. The people that remain after this person with the smallest loan has been paid. The remaining people who are owed money. And they will collect the money in a similar fashion. Okay, so how does this work? If the person owed money to three different people, one he owed a hundred, one he owed two hundred, and one he owed three hundred, so he has a total debt of six hundred dollars. Now they're coming to collect. If he only has three hundred dollars, then in that case they divide it up equally in threes. Since there are three people, they divide it up three ways. So too should there be less than 300. You also divide it equally. Let's say, Let's say there's more than 300. In this case, we only divide up equally enough to ensure that the person with the smallest debt is paid off completely. Therefore, out of the, this amount, which is 300 plus, first you divide that up equally among the three. And then you're finished with the one that is owed 100. And the remaining money is divided among the remaining two in a similar way. For example, let's say he has 500 or a little bit less. So first we take 300. We divide that equally among the three. So the first person's finished off. He is only owed 100. You take 300 and give 100 to each. So the first one's finished. Now we have two left one of whom originally borrowed three and the other two. So they've already been paid one of these. So the person that's in the middle is now owed one, and the person that's, that is owed the most is now only owed two. He's already been paid one. So therefore, Then you take 200, or less if there's not even that much, and you divide that, and you give that to the second person. Since he only needs another 100, you take 200 to divide this amount equally between the two parties, and then you're finished with the middle person also. And the remainder goes to the person who has the, had the biggest debt. Then, if it, let's say they had the complete amount, 600. You divide it in the same way, and everyone will end up getting their money back. If you divide up 300 equally, give each 100, then you'll be through with the third person, the one with the lowest debt. Then you can split up the 200 between the last two, the one which was owned two and one which was owned three. And then you're finished with the middle person also. He got 100 from the first set of 300 split three ways. Now he has another 100 from the two which was split two ways. And now you're left with 100 because you gave out 300 in the first set of divisions and 200 in the second set of divisions. If you've given out 500, there's a total of six. You're left with one. But Then you give the remaining 100 to the one that originally lent 300. And it turns out he will get the complete amount of 300, which he was originally and this is the way you divide up even should there be a hundred people that are owed money as long as they all come at the same time to collect this is the method for dividing it up
However, some of the Ga'enim ruled that you divide it up according to the pro- proportion of money they lent. In other words, if one person lent a thousand and another one lent a hundred, then the one that lent a thousand will get ten times more of the money which is available than the one that lent a hundred. Should, for example, he have a hundred and ten dollars, then instead of splitting it equally between them, you will take the one that lent a thousand dollars and you will take a hundred. And the one that lent a hundred will get ten. To do it according to the proportion of money they lent. And Shulchan Aruch, however, the law is ruled according to the Rambam. We do not divide according to their proportion, but rather according to the number of people, assuring, of, as the Rambam explained, that the smallest person gets only the amount he lent and no more. Now the final halacha, the Perak halacha, hey. The Rambam explained at the beginning of Perak Yud Ches that when it comes to collecting a debt, one collects first from the Bnei Chayrim, meaning those objects which are presently in the possession of the borrower. Instead of being tayref min al-lakukhis, people who bought from the borrower, should he have something in his possession, one must collect only from those things which are in his possession rather than going to the lakukhis. The Rambam in this halacha deals with the ramification of this law. Reuben and Shimon, lokol echemishneim shtar chayval Levi. Both Reuben and Shimon are holding documents that Levi owes each of them money. And however, the date is somewhat ambiguous. Reuben started b'chamisha benisim. The Shimon started benisim stam. Reuben's document says explicitly that the loan took place the fifth of Nissan, where Shimon just says the month of Nissan. And we don't know what does it mean. Does it mean the beginning of Nissan or the end of Nissan? Now, the law is that the person that has the earlier loan has the first right to collect, as we said at the beginning of, this, of today's pedic. Now, what do you do? Levi has a field, but it is insufficient to pay both of them completely. Who is the one that has the right to go? Reuven has the right to take this field first. Why does he have the right to take it first? That perhaps Shimon's document really meant the end of Nissan, not the beginning. Since he didn't specify, and he doesn't have a clear proof that the field belongs to him, we put it on the one that's definite, since Reuben knows for sure it's the fifth of Nissan. And perhaps Shimon's is later, Reuben has the first right to the field. And so too, Shimon, as a result of not putting the exact date on his document, has ruined things for himself further. After the last possible date of his document, the last day of Nissan, Shimon is not even able to be tatev from, from the last day of Nissan, meaning starting with Ir and further on. In other words, somebody that bought land after Ir, after the beginning of Ir, he cannot grab, grab the land away from them. Why? Because the buyer is going to be able to push him off. He can tell him like this. We don't know when your document was. So Perhaps your document really means the first day of Nissan. If it's the first day of Nissan, that would mean that you have the previous right to collect. Now Levi was holding B'nai Chayrin. He was holding land within his hands. That means that you had the right to grab it. Not, not Reuven. Reuven ended up grabbing it because the court told him maybe it's the 30th. But as far as me, you can't have a claim either. Because I can tell you, go to the B'nai Chayrin. That since you should have first grabbed the B'nai Chayrin, not the, from the Lukuchais, because maybe your document was really from the first day of Nissan, then I have nothing to do with you. You have the, you have the earlier date. That's what I'll say, because we we're not sure. So maybe you have the earlier date. You should therefore collect from this which was in the hand of Levi. So go take it away from Reuven. 
that Reuben has, is holding onto this field that he used to collect. I was with my field. I'll have to worry about that with Reuben. Reuben Along can come Reuben, who has the later loan. And since he, there's no Bnei Cherin in the possession of Levi to collect from, so he'll come to me. He's the one that's going to have to collect from me. But you, Shimon, I don't have to deal with you, since I, since you don't have a date written in your document. Therefore, I'll say it was the first, and you have no claim to me. I have nothing to do with you. You have to take the Bnei Cherin, because perhaps you were earlier. And therefore, Shimon loses both ways. He can't collect from anybody. Therefore, however, if each of the two, Reuben and Shimon, wrote a harsha, a power of attorney, or permission for each to act on behalf of the other, in this case, they are able to collect from ear and after, from however you look at it. That, that, Certainly one of them came first and one of them came second. Since they both gave each other hard choice to act on behalf of another, that one of Shaft will be able to collect. Whichever is the Bnei Chayrin, one of them will collect. Whichever one was later and was bought by someone else in Iyer, then this one they will also collect. If Shimon came first, it was really the first of Nisan, then Shimon will take the Bnei Chayrin and Reuben, the, the Mishabodim, the... the this which was in the hand of the Lekeach. Should it be the opposite, that Shimon's was really the last day of Nissen, then, then Reuben will collect the Bnei Chayrin and Shimon the Mishabodim. And so too is the case that Reuben and Shimon both bought fields from Levi. They bought the same field from Levi in the same document. In other words, Levi sold both of them a field. And now there is a dispute between Reuben and Shimon who he really sold it to. Now, obviously, it's sold to the first one that bought it. But there's an ambiguity here. One of them says the fifth of Nisan, and the other one just says Nisan. So we're not sure the one that says Nisan Stan, if it really meant the first of Nisan, he has the right to it. It should have mean the thirtieth of Nisan, the one that wrote fifth of Nisan has the right to it. So you would think that Levi is going to get out of giving this field to either one. He's going to tell Reuven, I can't give it to you, because yours says the fifth of Nisan. Uh, Shimon, I can't give it to you. Yours says the fifth of Nisan, and maybe Shimon was before. His was the first of Nisan. Shimon's going to come then and collect the field. He's going to tell Shimon, no, maybe your document is the 30th of Nisan. Reuven's was the fifth, so I'm not going to give it to you either. Now, so too, in this case, Reuben and Shimon can write a harsha to each other, and later on they will be able to split the field or negotiate between them. That lady cannot push them off indefinitely. He must eventually deal with them should they give each other a power of attorney.